Hi, how are you? Thank you for stopping by. I'm Helen Perry and this is the Just Bloody Post-It podcast. I'm going to call this the balance episode for a few reasons. It's what we're all seeking, isn't it? Balance in our lives, in our work, which I have not nailed, by the way. But what helps me keep perspective when it comes to all of this social sharing, digital business stuff is always remembering that it's a long game, that anything worth growing should have deep roots. It helps with the comparisonitis and overwhelm that being on social media can cause. Patient persistence is my thing. And being happy to evolve and make mistakes, it's actually essential if you want to grow an online presence that serves you well. Just bloody posting. Putting things out there messily is what actually moves us forward. I know this because what my business looks like now is absolutely not even slightly what I set out to create. I thought I was going to be a blogger, even though truthfully, I didn't even really know what being a blogger was. But luckily, starting a business can be about getting it very wrong and allowing your customer to tell you what they want about finding the sweet spot between what you can do and what people want to buy. And you won't really discover that until you try a few things. I hope that's what this podcast will help more of us do. So to our guests, hold tight. We're coming to you from three locations this time. Rebecca and Claire Hopkins are sisters and co-founders of the multi, multi, multi award-winning natural skincare brand Balance Me. They were pioneers in the natural skincare industry, starting their business more than 15 years ago. Was being a female founder even a thing then? I don't think it was. They bring us convenient yet luxurious beauty products developed thanks to their deep knowledge of and love for what they do. Once you relax into it and you just talk to camera and you're just genuine about your brand and people that help us film it, they just say, gosh, you know so much about it. So you just sort of have to speak from the heart and not kind of overcomplicate it. I'd also say but we're genuinely passionate about the product. And where some beauty founders have used big online audiences as a springboard to launch, Rebecca and Claire have done it the other way round. They've had to learn to become comfortable with being visible online in order to sell their brand. Me too. It's totally possible to learn this stuff. In this episode, we chat about how the pandemic gave them the space to step up their sharing on Instagram, some truths, stone cold truths about running a business and how the best marketing strategy ever is to care. Hello, thank you so much for joining me. I think that you are among the last new people I met in real life as we were at a workshop together right, right before lockdown started. Lockdown one started and Claire, you'd fallen off your scooter on the way there. And I remember thinking, oh my God, is she I okay? Had... No lasting damage, I hope. No, and I was desperate to sort of get across London on time. That was when we spent our whole time racing around commuting. So I guess some good things have come out of COVID, haven't they? We've learned that we can do quite a lot remotely. How have you changed the way you work during lockdown? Well, I think we've become 
really um, adapt to virtual working. And I think we've had to um, look at our customer, you know, sort of we've adapted the way we've marketed and communicated with our customer, I think, first and foremost. We've been very lucky with our distribution in the sense that we are widely distributed. We've been very um, present in the grocery chain, which is great because we're all about um, luxury but convenience. So that's always you know that's that's really played into our hands this last year and then we've have a huge focus on digital i think we've adapted but we've also played to the strengths of where our distribution is and made sure that we've really um, been available and being always on and being um, answering all the needs of our customers wherever they're going to be finding us how have you found it for your work life balance good bad you dying to get back in i must say when we set the business up, we both work from home and we've since had families. And actually, I think it's been a really good reset, probably a good reset for society with work-life balance. I think it's proved to us we can run a business and the team can work very, very well remotely. So now that we're starting to be able to go back, um, we're going to do flexi working so people can choose to work from home. They can work in the office. The office is now we've got such demands with social media for constantly, um, you know, keeping images going on Instagram and content. We can actually create that space and use some of the space in the office as a studio um, create more kind of hot desking, work from home. And it's actually our um, our younger staff that are very keen to get back in. And I think that's because you know, like you, we're surrounded by family. So we get to see more of them. We're not racing home after a day at work. Uh, whereas they've probably been having to work in their bedroom with a housemate that they wanted to share with, but didn't necessarily want to spend the whole of their day with. So they're keen to get back in and socialise. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, don't get me started on all the things I've learned about what's possible for my business in lockdown. It's accelerated all sorts of things. But I would like to take a step back in time, actually. Rebecca, you have a background of working in the beauty industry. You're working for L'Oreal. But Claire, you were a stockbroker in a former life. Tell us about how Balance Me came into being. Gosh, well, we started with our first business, which was an events business. So when I first moved to London, both Rebecca and I lived, um, we bought a house with our eldest sister. So the three of us sisters lived together. We all had completely different careers. She was a, um, a dentist and I started as a stockbroker, did about two and a half years. And then um, I'd always travelled extensively, went to um moved into management consultancy, which I really, really loved. And then just realised there was a whole world out there. Rebecca and I were working crazy hours. I left London, retrained as a yoga teacher as I travelled around the world um, because you need a bit more of a purpose in your 20s. Came back kind of a year and a half or two years later. And Rebecca at that point had retrained as a reflexologist. And we sort of had a bit of a chat. I was one of her case studies. And we just had this light bulb moment. She was ready to leave L'Oreal. I was ready to kind of get back into the working, uh, get back into working. But I wanted to do it in a different way. So I wanted to do something with yoga and well-being, but also use my business brain. And we came up with an events business. So then Rebecca gave up her job um, and we had a very successful brand called Balanced Being for about three years. And then we were, and this was Rebecca's idea. I was always making my own products from the age of 
sort of 18 and Rebecca was saying oh well actually a great way for people to leave our events remembering our brand and having a slice to take home would be to give them a little present so we were we started to the the body oils and scrubs that I was making we started to make in our kitchen and we do sort of about 30 or 50 and give them to people Uh, and then yes and then we did a marketing event where we were sort of marketing to some of our clients and some happened to be in the retail space and got a call from Topshop the next day saying gosh we really love your products Um, and this was at the time that Topshop Oxford Street was the place to shop you know and it was just before Kate Moss was launching there and it was sort of the place everyone came to London and all the buyers would go to get ideas Uh, and they said said oh gosh we'd really love to launch um you know buy some of your foot polishes for our press bags we're about to launch our own standalone shoe stores and at that point Rebecca had had a baby we were doing events sort of in the evenings, so that wasn't starting to suit and we were sort of always needing to be at the events and um we're about to go into a recession so you know budgets were being um being cut and I just said, oh, well, look, we're starting to get demand. Why don't we look to build our brand? There was lots of inspiration in those early days. You couldn't even walk off the street and get a manicure or a massage then. So we were doing something really quite different. And so it was sort of a way that people could get a slice of us and a slice of what we what we stood for. Were you comfortable entrepreneurs? Did you did it feel like a big step to start up your own business or something that was really quite a natural thing for you? I think we come from a family of entrepreneurs. So um, our granny was the first female barrister from Sheffield and both mum's um, family they had or our mum's family rather they had a carpet manufacturing business. Both our father and um, uncle had their own businesses. So we were just really willing to put ourselves out there basically we weren't afraid I think we were we, we didn't want to go back to what we've been doing you have to make it work and we've always said sort of advice to people if you've got a really brilliant idea you do need to make sure you can make money out of it otherwise it's a hobby and I think 15 years later we're we've won it we won our hundredth award last month so we're we feel we're doing something right don't we Claire? You're making your family history proud I suppose certainly adding to that long line of of successful and inspiring entrepreneurs 15 years and 100 awards later do you feel like you've nailed it or can you never feel like that in business I don't think you ever do because I think um I guess one of our biggest criticisms is sort of taking a, a, a breath and kind of celebrating success because you never see that you're successful and we we don't do it you don't kind of do it for the glory it's it's our job and we're passionate about it so actually we want to do everything to our best and you know if you have to work weekends or you have to do certain things it's um your own brand and it's your own baby and you really don't care about it but I think it's it's kind of ironic in a way because we set it up for a better work-life balance and you have to keep sense checking that it is a better work-life balance and nowadays in the days of social media it's sort of 100% on but I think also it gives you flexibility and we're all you know that over the years we're all starting to work differently and all of our children you know we're, we're learning that they're probably going to do jobs that haven't even come you know they, they don't even exist now they'll be doing completely different things so I think the work-life balance is your own responsibility so some of the things might be that you just start work a bit later because we'll go for a swim or you can actually 
go to that play at your kid's school in the middle of the day um, because you're going to just have to make the work up later. As entrepreneurs, you probably work very, very hard and you never kind of think that you're successful. Maybe the ladies that have sold their brands for millions, maybe they eventually stand back. But it's actually quite interesting. You see often often they go on and a few years later launch something else because you, you can't just sit around twiddling your thumbs. No, my granny says that it's a terrible thing in life not to have a purpose. And I think that that's true. You create these things that allow you to do work that you love and can feel passionate about and where that meets profitability (laughs) that's like that's the that's the magic source but I have these conversations with friends of mine who flexi work and it's such a tricky thing because it's sold as this dream but in reality it can mean that just work mulches into every corner of your week if you're not careful how you must have some strategies in place around keeping the balance in balance me um well yes I mean definitely I think where it's been quite interesting and we're still learning is the social media side because I think that is always on you know we were doing a live with Lisa Snowden yesterday morning at nine o'clock weren't we Claire self-care Sunday and you know then there's always the questions you need to ask uh, or answer afterwards it's a source now of customer service really that's 24 7 and it's trying to put a few boundaries in place and work out what do we need to get back to straight away what can actually wait how much can we plan ahead how can the team support but realizing as well that people want to hear from us and actually it's almost going back full circle to the first days of our original business where we realized that that wasn't sustainable because we needed to always be the ones that were present and I think the last 12 months has taught us that our you know certainly Instagram seems to be the platform I know that's your platform as well your main platform Helen too that is where we're going to reach the majority of our customers. It's the kind of most prolific platform. It's obviously a really commercial platform too. And then I think it's identifying, now we've built it up, how do we move it forward so that we're still very present, but what support do we need and can we get in order for us to run it in the best possible way for the brand and for our own personal lives too? And I can't say we've cracked it yet. We certainly haven't, but I think we're working on it. So yeah, the work in progress. Uh, And that is the beauty of being a founder, I suppose, is that you can step into that role. I mean, when you started off in Topshop, (laughs) you did, you know, there was, you know, there was a lot of footfall, I guess, going through there, or you're talking to people at live events. But since that time, you know, everything's gone onto social. Have you felt comfortable stepping into that role of being the public like far more public face of your business because it's almost like that's totally expected now uh, uh, from anybody who founds a business that they're going to be visible on their social platforms do you feel good about that do you enjoy it I think we needed to do it and actually interestingly pre the um lockdown unbeknown to us we rebranded and we um, had a pop-up store a kind of concept store which again was really kind of going full circle back to our original days of our kind of events, very front facing. So I think that was a launch pad for us. We had not anticipated that it would move into what the last 12 months has given us. But I think it's allowed Claire and I to get right back out there. As Claire mentioned, the whole idea of Instagram is it should be genuine. People want to see us. It should be us. And so I think it's given us the opportunity to think, well, if we were following our 
Instagram? What would we want to see? What what do our friends want to see? Our community want to see? So we've really played to that. And I think we've done it really well. I'm really proud of where it is. Yes, I think we've had to just put ourselves out there and be ourselves and be genuine and honest. Do you know, though, also, I think it's quite interesting, your initial question saying how there's so many female-led brands, skincare brands now. And I think almost the newer ones have maybe been, um, have come about because it was the, they had the Instagram presence or they, they did it that way. Whereas I think now where Rebecca and I, it's given us a kick to have to get on the Instagram side and get up on all of that. But we've got all of the genuine experience in the past in our um, kind of history where we have been making formulations with the chemists and working with factories and retailers for a long time. So, you know, I think that's good because it shows a genuine heritage to the brand. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much content there in sharing your deep knowledge and understanding of your business, of your your values, of the of the ingredients, all of that stuff. It was really noticeable when the first lockdown started that you guys were like, all right, then we better get on Instagram because you, all of a sudden I started seeing the little balance me live dot was coming up. And, you know, you were you were on there with your family. Rebecca, I think you've been live with your daughter. Tell us about what your thinking was in terms of uh, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this Instagram thing. I think we just realised that we wanted to bring the brand to life. That Instagram was the channel that we needed to be more present on, and was the right channel for us. And so it gave us an opportunity to retell our story, to to make sure that everybody, you know, that we could communicate in a really um, empathetic way, that we could really bring all of the great things that we know about brand and, and all the things the self-care element the you know educational side and I think just bringing to life all of the essence of the brand so you know recipes are you know our brands are our products our recipes essentially you know it's got to be educational it's got to be honest it's got to have some humor in it and all those things so hopefully we've been model model students have we I could not be more proud, Rebecca. And you know what's really nice is I get the sense you're you're quite enjoying it. Is that true? Yes, I think. No, I mean, I do. I think we're very proud, aren't we, Claire, of what we've achieved. It's a good way of showcasing it in a modern way. It is all consuming. And there's times when I think, gosh, I'd like to just switch off. Uh, But I think because we're on a roll and that's the thing with Instagram, it is quite addictive in the sense of you don't always want to be addicted to it, but it's you kind of whistle in that build stage. I'd say that we were quite late to the party. A lot of other brands have got a lot more followers. I don't know quite how they've achieved that. You know, there's so many different tricks and things, you know, we're all trying to mask, but we are where we are today. And I think you have to keep the momentum going and that's the problem. And as Claire said, if we hand that over too much, it's then not genuine. And, you know, we don't want to lose them, the, the momentum and the community that we've built because they're really important to us. It's a very, very challenging question, I think. Like, which part of your business can you you hand over without losing the value? Uh, I wish I had the answer to that. So it's, it's really hard. Claire, how has driving your Instagram, paying attention to your Instagram, I suppose, um, how have you seen that showing any results in your in your business? Oh gosh, well, our web sales have gone crazy. Um, I mean, maybe that's a product of um, COVID that people are shopping more online. But actually, we could prove that the products that we were talking about passionately and the products that um, our users were sharing were the ones that 
then ended up selling. So there is a direct correlation and sometimes it's hard to always track everything. It has grown our brand. It's been incredible. And I think it's having something that we're proud of. I think um, genuine content that other people have created. I mean, that's when I'm really excited because Rebecca runs it, but then I'm always looking at what we're posting. And when I start to see oh my goodness, this follower is using our brand and we haven't tried to ask them to do it. You know, they genuinely like it. People love that sort of third-party recommendation. So it's not kind of the hard sell. It's just, you know, building up content in the community. And actually, I know at the beginning it was quite scary, but I think it's made us much more natural because once you relax into it and you just talk to talk to camera and you're just genuine about your brand and people that help us film it they just say gosh you know so much about it so you just sort of have to speak from the heart and not kind of overcomplicate it I'd also say that we're genuinely passionate about the product and I also think that our products do really work so when we're actually finding that people are trying them and then they're posting about them um be that you know they might have just a few followers or you know thousands of followers you know, they're, they're sort of getting converted to the brand because they're trying it and then they're seeing results. And so part of the content comes from new products we're developing or, um, you know, people finding it, finding out about it. And I think that is just a genuine passion for what we do and creating um, creating products that really make a difference on your skin. Oh, I know. The best marketing strategy ever is to care. That's what... Uh, I think uh, Gary V said that, but it's always stuck in my mind that you can't go too far wrong if you care about what you're doing, really care. And it shows through in every single thing that you post. I'm feeling really quite envious that you're able to talk about an us. Uh, I work on my own and, and most of the people that I work with work on their own. They're, they're founders or they're freelancers. Uh, how is it though, working with your sister? Who's going to answer that one, Claire? I think I touched on it earlier. I think that they, you know, it's brilliant in the sense that we really trust each other. We've got very complementary skills. We can agree to differ, can't we, Claire? But I think this whole reset and the pandemic and, you know, virtual working and having a bit more space and, and you know, sharing the stresses in different ways, I think all of that's helped. No, exactly. We talk about that. We have very complementary skills. I think you really, really need to trust your business partner. And I think from growing up together and as having a really close-knit family with really amazing parents, you can say it as it is. If you haven't got that longevity of a relationship, you have to word things in very sort of careful ways. But um, we're just used to sort of being honest with each other. We've got families, you know, we both respect the fact that, you know, one of us might have a, a home thing because Rebecca's children are my nieces and Rebecca's, my children are her niece and nephew. And so you kind of have a, a deeper understanding. As Rebecca said, it's always hard to get that balance between work and home. So when we're on holiday, making sure that you can kind of genuinely talk about work, but without getting, you know, to the point where you would talk with a family member, but it's very hard, that separation. Finally, if there was somebody listening who had a passion and perhaps an idea like you had, how would you know if you're ready to turn that into a business and put yourselves out there? It's great nowadays because if you do have a, a passion, you can make a business out of things quite easily. And as you said, there's, there is sort of general general equal footing, the fact that you can launch a website and, and you can um, have your own Instagram page. 
I, I think it's worth really reflecting, um, can you make money out of it and how are you going to make money for the effort? Um, so we touched on this before, but you are going to have to put a lot of effort in. And we've over the years seen people that have come up with ideas or I've been on courses before now in the early days when we thought we might want to take investment and been sitting in a room with a whole load of other people um, and just thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, you think you're going to make one million pounds in the second year. And, you know, it's just so you really have to sense check it, um, do a proper... And a business plan doesn't have to be completely formal and you don't have to have gone to business school or anything, but you do need to have somebody commercially minded either in your business or a friend um, that can sense check it. Because if you aren't, then I would say you need to have that person um, somewhere in your business as your confidant or you will get into all sorts of trouble because we're all earning a living out of things at the end of the day. But if you've if you've checked it and you think it's it's sound and you can make money, it's about taking the leap and going for it. And people do it in different ways. I mean, sometimes they do it part time. I don't think you can genuinely really, really get going until you go full time into it, because. Um, So you might need to pay the bills. We ran both businesses at the same time, the events and um, our beauty brand. But very soon, you know, the demands of the beauty brand were taking over. So you do sort of have to think, right, can I go full time into it as well? So, yes, I think just be enthusiastic about it, but be sensible. It's very difficult to do something part time. I think that's the problem with the kind of side hustle culture, because something if it's a side hustle, it will either wither and die because you haven't given it enough time or you'll soon realise this is going to have to be a full-time thing. Uh, and also passion will only drive you so far. You can work really, really hard, but if it's not paying you properly, you're, you're going to stop feeling good about it, I think. Exactly. And I'd, I'd also I'd say timing as well is important because I think where we feel very fortunate is we took the big leap and set up our events business before we both had children. And I think a lot of women get driven into doing something different once they've given up a job with maternity leave and they're sort of thinking, oh, actually, I didn't really enjoy that or I know I can't have a lifestyle that I want and go back to work. And that's probably the most tricky time to start something because you're literally knackered. You've already got another job looking after a baby. So really think about, how you structure everything um, and can the timing suit. Thank you so much, guys. It was really, really lovely to chat to you. Oh, thank you. So good to chat to you. Thank you, Helen. I could listen to people talk about how they do and have done things all day. It's fascinating, isn't it? But so often you'll find the same themes repeating themselves. It will be hard work. Work Work-life balance is hard, even when you're in the business of balancing things. And that you have to take steps into the unknown if you don't want to go backwards. And, and always check you can make money out of it. Love and enthusiasm won't pay the rent. Thank you for listening. Always tell your friends, share Just Bloody, post it on your social platforms and subscribe to never miss an episode. There are more good conversations coming your way soon. Bye.